Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a Netflix for finance? Well, there is. It's called Real Vision, and it gives you unprecedented access to some of the most respected names in finance. Watch interviews with legends like Kyle Bass, Jeff Gunlock, Stanley Drunkenmiller, and many, many more. If you want to be part of the Real Vision revolution, visit realvision.com slash WSO. Hello and welcome. I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today on the pod, Greg Eisenberg, the founder of Islands, a really cool messaging app. I just started listening to the Walter Isaacson book on Steve Jobs. I was deciding between it and one of Stephen Hawking's books. On Audible, length is quoted in time instead of pages, and the Stephen Hawking book was like five hours something, and the Jobs book was over 25 hours, and they were the same price. That is value. Steve Jobs would be proud of my decision. I'm only an hour or so into the book, and so far it's talked about Steve Jobs' propensity to tinker and build things, and also to pull pranks. When he was really young, he lit a firecracker under his teacher's chair, and then when he got a little older, he and Waz started building tools, and they built something that hacked the phone system and allowed for free long-distance calls. Our CTO for Pay Club, Brandon, is the same way. He's always pulling pranks and tinkering with stuff. He looks at the world in a very different way from the way Jason and I look at the world. I find his way of thinking interesting, but I just I don't really relate to it. Engineers have different priorities, and they see the world in a different way. At least Brandon does. But I think it's helpful for a startup because I have a really clear way of thinking to grow the app and make it more commercially viable. Jason, the same thing. But Brandon, he has the same goal in the long term, but in the short term, his priorities are really different. Stuff I wouldn't even think about, but really important. If I had to describe Brandon in three qualities, they would be tinker, defiant of authority, and a prankster. So let's hope that he's the next Steve Jobs. But I don't know. I haven't interacted with that many engineers, so maybe a lot of them are, are kind of that way. But that's what makes for a good team, a mix of people from different backgrounds, different ways of thinking, whatever. If we were three investment bankers, maybe we would do a good job at raising capital for the business and making a fancy model, but probably not much else. The interview today is with a guy that I really enjoyed spending some time with. He's a fellow founder of a Gen Z type company. He's further along in his startup journey than we are, but I think he may share some of these Steve Jobs type qualities. Even though I, I only spent a really small amount of time with him, he, I got that he's definitely a doer. He gets stuff done, but he also seems to get pleasure from creating something beautiful. He's got an eye for design, which for a consumer product is either the most or one of the most important things. My skill set is just kicking down doors getting to people we need to meet with, not taking no for an answer, thinking creatively about problems. And when I spend time with someone like Greg, I get inspired learning about how they think about problems, design, and build startups. I think the moral here is to get out there and meet new people, expose yourself to as many ways of thinking as you can. 
You certainly won't agree with them all, and it may take a long time before you think you get something from the interaction, but have patience. It will pay off. Over time, these experiences will help diversify your thinking, which makes you a better leader and business thinker. Okay, that's enough for me. Let's talk to Greg. Hey, Greg. Hey, man. Thanks for having me to your house. Thanks for coming all, all the way over. House, loft, I don't know, but this is like a cool, I don't know what you call this place, but it's, but it's cool. I appreciate it. It's a house. I think, I think it's a house. Yeah. I mean, it's got this ridiculous view of San Francisco. We're like across, I don't know how to describe it, but we're like across the, the bay. We're looking out on to all of San Francisco. We can see the Bay Bridge. We can see the Bay. We can see downtown. We can see the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, so and uh, we're inspired. Got, we're inspired. I'm inspired. I just got here. This is, I've done several podcasts today, but been looking forward to my last one. You saved the best for last. I got a nice cold glass of ice water here. You've got a nice glass of white wine. Chardonnay. Chardonnay, huh? Okay, this is good. Thanks for talking with me. All right, what what, what are we talking about? Uh, what do you want to talk about? Um, I want you. What, whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Well, I don't know. Let's just hear like the background of who Greg is. What kind of kid were you growing up? Were you an entrepreneurial kid? I come from a family of entrepreneurs on my dad's side. Uh, for many, many years they owned, um, retail stores selling kind of like the crate and barrel of Quebec Mm -hmm. or, you know, basic where I'm from in Canada and uh, on my mom's side, uh, real estate and owning garages and stuff like that. So I, you know, always interested in entrepreneurship. Owning stuff. Owning stuff. That's what we were talking about before the mics got rolling. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So you grew up in Canada. Yeah. I don't really hear much of an accent. Do you speak French? I speak French, of course. You speak French and you like your French fries covered in gravy? Yeah. Uh, I love it. Gravy, cheese, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I grew up there and it was, it was interesting, you know, because growing up in Canada, you're so close to the States, but you're not exactly there. So, you know, Montreal, for example, where I'm from is 40, 40 minutes from the border, New York border, um, drive, you know, 50 minute flight to New York city. So, um, was just always interested in kind of marveled at the U S and, and, you know, it's the big market. So you know, wanted to, uh, build stuff in the big leagues, come over and live the American dream, live the American dream. And you got the house, the house, got, got the view, got, got the startup, Chardonnay, Chardonnay. Yeah. Check, check, check. <laughs> Things are good. Yeah. So we, I'd, yeah, maybe we can talk about that and how, 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 how the journey went and all the zigs and zags and, you know, and all the lessons learned, yep. all the mistakes made. That's, I think that's a perfect topic of conversation. So you went to college. I went to college. It's called McGill university. Yeah. I think people have heard of McGill. It's a good school. It's, you know, it, yeah, it's a good school. And I actually didn't finish. Um, I was, uh, working with basically working at, well, we, we started, um, how do I say this? It was a, there was a design firm, a couple friends started and I joined after they started it. Uh, and we designed websites like techcrunch.com and wordpress.com, their VIP product, which is their paid product. 
and grew the agency to roughly 20, 25, 30 people all when I was in college. You were building websites. Websites, were, yeah. And how did you know how to do this? So I had been building, you know, ever since, you know, te early teenager, I'd been building websites and apps and just learned on my own, try to make money, um, try to, you know, it was always, you know, my geeks were, were kind of, sorry, my, my heroes were geeks who built companies. So I was always interested in that. And, um, and then, yeah. And then I met these two guys, uh, Justin Evans and Colin Vernon, who were building websites and joined up with them and said like, Hey, like, let's do this together and became a partner there and then grew the agency. And then we took a percentage of our revenue and built our own startups. So, um, kind of modeled it off after an agency in Vancouver called Invoke. Invoke does the same thing. A buddy of mine started it. it they maybe took 20% of the revenue or something like that to build their own startups. One of their startups was Hootsuite, which is a billion dollar company. So what ends up happening is the, the products end up being worth more than the actual agency because agency is actually not a great business. Yep. Whenever you're selling your time, you know, it's not great. Gets back to that owning concept. Exactly. So uh, we never built any Hootsuites, but we did build a bunch of products that gained some notoriety. We built the largest video cooking site on the internet at one point called Star Cooking. Um, we partnered with the one of the largest financial education companies called Wall Street Survivor um, and then built that, that and I ended up going there, going doing that. But yeah, it was a great experience of like um, the th the cool thing about, I guess, agency is you get to work with a bunch of different clients and you mm -hmm. get to learn you get paid to learn. And, um, it was a crazy, yeah, crazy, great experience. Okay. And yeah, get your feet wet of building websites. You're in like in tech now. Pretty cool. Yeah. And this was in all in Montreal. Yeah. Which, you know, back then, you, you know, it's always hard to, to build something and sell it to like people in New York and San Francisco and LA and stuff like that. And, you know, what I, you know, found myself doing was just flying back and forth, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, New York, LA, SF, and just like almost pretending like I live there. And, um, that's what I ended up forging amazing relationships. And because of that, we were able to get those clients. It's really, really hard to get those types of clients if you're based somewhere random like Montreal, especially back then, maybe less so now. Sure. Yeah. So you're still kind of living this like dual life of like, you're still wanting to get to America. Things are going well for you in, in Montreal. Um, but like in your head, you're like, I, I need to be, you know, I need to be doing this in America. Mm -hmm. So what's next? I ended up starting a company called five by, which was this idea around, uh, you know, YouTube was getting super popular. We're like, Hey, you know, when you go onto YouTube, I actually like want to watch funny videos and like, I don't know where to go. Still, still, it's, you know, it's still a great idea. If anyone's working on it, you know, good, there's a huge business here. So we basically said like, let's like curate a hundred different channels in our most fit in, in the most interesting stuff and build like basically machine learning on top of all these video sources so that when you press funny videos, you actually see videos that are funny. So we started this company called five by, and then we sold that company, which got me to San Francisco. Cool. We got bought by San Francisco buyers. It did. Um, we had one offer 
from a company, a publicly traded company, which was trading at $20 a share, which today is trading at like $140 a share, which really? we probably, probably should have taken that deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and another offer from a company called StumbleUpon, which at the time was doing a billion page views a month, was one of the top social apps by referring traffic. And we sold it to them because it was like, we can continue being an independent product, independent entity within that company. So that's what we did. So does it still exist? It does not exist. Uh, StumbleUpon actually has recently sh- uh, shut down, actually. Well, lots of problems in digital media these days. Well, I think it's, you know, digital media and social media is constantly changing. So, you know, it's it's definitely changing. And it's always it's always sad. And you always feel certain something when you, your product you built shuts down. But, like... There's more products to be built. Yeah, you're a builder. So you get bought. You, I assume you move out to San Francisco to like continue working for StumbleUpon now? Yeah, worked there for maybe 18 months, you know, two years almost. Um, like the bare minimum as long as you have to kind of thing? No, I was like, it was such a great experience because our board was pretty awesome. It was like super awesome. It was Ram Sharam, who's on the board of Google, was on the board of Google, one of the first investors in Google. Uh, amazing, amazing guy. Um, and then we had Samir Gandhi, managing partner at Excel. Um, David Hornick at August Capital. Um, yeah, David's been on this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Garrett Camp, who's a co-founder of Uber, was on our board. How'd you get all these crazy board members? StumbleUpon was actually started by Garrett Camp, who is the co-founder and chairman of, uh, yeah, of um, Uber. So that was his company. Yeah. Cool. So now, now you're like, you're really part of the scene now. Yeah. Part of the scene and really just like, you know, learned firsthand from a lot of these guys and had the scale, learned to what the, you know, what scale does and how important that is. And so I, I, I did feel a lot more confident in my own skill. I think that's like a big thing for a lot of people is that, you know, it's important that you feel you feel you feel confident in your skill set, and I think that some upon experience really did, gave me that confidence. Yeah, big validator. Yeah, like you know, I talk about this a lot of times, but like money, it's a big validator. Yeah, you need it to like you know buy food and shelter and clothes, but it's also like a validation point that society says what you're doing is valuable. Mm-hmm. And when you're building like some obscure startup like I am, and you haven't made money for a long, long time, it's like yeah, it's tough because like. You know, I can't buy Chardonnay, but also because it's like saying for a long time, society is not putting any value on what I'm doing yet. The other, the other cool thing is, uh, you know, when we sold the company, I was like 23, I think 24. Um, I was a kid who grew up in Montreal, Canada, which is pretty random. It's just like French city, uh, had no connections at all in anything. Um, and all of a sudden I'm in this place where um, I'm chatting with pioneers of, of the internet and technology and able to converse with them and able to like, um, you know, them looking at our product and looking at our metrics and being like, wow, you've built something amazing. It really, really got me thinking that anything is possible and, it, and you know, you can be from anywhere and build great stuff and, and, and be in the same league as these people. You're right. That's, yeah. that's very, that's an empowering thought. Yeah. We all have that inside of us, but whether you're able to actually manifest it or not, it's a different story. Well, cause I think a lot of, I mean, I was one of those people where I was like, 
oh, you know, I'm, I'm 18, I'm 19, I'm 20, I'm, I didn't graduate Stanford, I didn't go work at Facebook, I don't have all these, like, check boxes, you know, these people are better than me, and in fact, they're not, they're not better than you, um, they're not. So uh, whenever I see on Twitter, like people talking about how like Nico from General Catalyst, he's a VC, he talks about this a bunch where he says uh, talent is universal, universal, but opportunity is not. I think that's a really powerful message. And I'm hopeful that over the next few years, it's, it's really happening. But this idea that like you could be from anywhere, just build amazing product and the numbers will speak for themselves. The product will speak for themselves. And it's about like, if I, if, you know, if I was starting out now, if I was like 18, 19, 20, 21 now, like what I'd be building my brand, like I'd be on Twitter, I'd be creating medium posts. I'd start a podcast. Um, and I would try to get connected with this, you know, San Francisco world or New York world or LA world. And I would, um, I would be confident and confident but humble. I like it. I think maybe maybe that'll be the title. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so what do you think you said? What do you, what, what do you think it was your differentiating factor? Like you didn't have the confidence in the beginning, but now you do. You Was it just the opportunity that hit you in the face and you're like, okay, that's, that's something. I'm going to just go pursue that. Or like what's inside of you that was able to, to manifest this? Um, I think we all kind of have a something inside of us that tells us like into they call it intuition i guess we all have intuition on what we should do and i just felt for whatever reason that i needed to like i pictured myself being um someone who creates great technology and great software and that really made me happy so obviously i wanted to be in silicon valley because like that's where great technology and great software is created so um I just said to myself, like, I'm going to learn as much as possible in terms of what I can find online and what I can, and all these people I'm going to meet and, um, and I'm going to be humble, but confident and I'm going to be nice to people and I'm not going to burn bridges and I'm going to, I may not win on my first time or my second time or my third time, but life hopefully is long and hopefully I could continue to, you know, create great products and hopefully make that valuable. Yeah. I love it. So it's, a, it's literally as simple as that. Like people try to make it way more complicated than it is. Like if you are passionate about software, you're passionate about technology, you're passionate about startups, just like be amazing, like learn as much as you can about whatever piece of that puzzle speaks to you the most, be it design or like engineering or front end or like game dynamics or animation, like pick your thing and just like be the best at it and talk about it, build that brand and be humble and confident. And have a long term outlook. Cause like none of these things are going to happen overnight. Yeah. And like, I remember with five by, uh, we built, we built five by, and or we were building it actually and i was i was at this point spending six months in san francisco a year and i i met this guy who had raised like i don't know 10 or 20 million dollars seed for a 
basically a pixel for pixel version of five by, but maybe even a bit better with like better branding, way bigger team. And I remember being like, I was in Marin, which is like North of San Francisco, these like uh, mountains and where I was hiking with this guy and he was like, well, you're building, there's this like Google X Google team that's building exactly what you're building. And he introduced me to him and I was like, Oh my God, you know, that feeling where like caught, there's some competitor, you know, you've been working on this for a year and there's like some competitor, your heart sinks. And I meet up with the guy. It's like a rainy, it was like a super rainy Thursday night. And he showed me what he was building and it was just like the same thing. And I was just like kind of, and then, and then I was just like crushed, right? For a second I was crushed. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Like I have my own unique outlook on where I want to take this thing. I could do it. We could do it. I'm going to continue going. And we ended up actually becoming one of the most popular video discovery apps on the app store. Best app of the year by Google and Apple. Um, you know, t millions and millions of video plays a day or, you know, it was just, it was popular. It was super yeah, popular. Yeah. And they ended up actually closing down. Really? Yeah. They ended up closing down. And the lesson for me there was just like, I don't know, I felt like, the, the older I get, you know, I just turned 30 last week. The older I get, the more I realize, especially in startups, every like punch you get, if you're in startups, just like you're basically signing up for a boxing class, except you're the punching bag. <laughs> so you're basically just getting punched all the time. So your ability is how can you withstand those punches and just continue going, continue going. Yeah, surviving. I mean, that's surviving. That's what it takes to have ridiculous outcomes. It's not going to be easy, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's a, and then also your brain is telling you along the way, like this is not going to work. Stop doing this. Do something else. Go get a regular job. Right. And your people are telling the the society is telling you those things, and so you're having to like fight every single one of those factors. Right. And then if you can triumph through that, then yeah, there's something good on the other side. The important thing is to like tune out it's all hard. those. The, all those it's super hard but to know and that's what separates honestly great entrepreneurs from bad entrepreneurs like entrepreneurs earn their stripes when they're getting punched when they've been being punched for 30 minutes straight and and they're looking and you know they find a way to make it work like I, i'm most impressed when you know i do some investing and stuff like that and you know and sometimes like an entrepreneur will come to me and literally have a day of cash left in the bank and still not be given up and still not giving up trying to make something happen. And that's when I'm like, wow, I would back you again. Yeah. Not, not, not like the day after like there's a tech crunch article and you get, Oh, so-and-so raises a $3 million seed. Like who cares? You know, but it's, yeah. the, it's, it's up to that point of the seed. The yeah. point, the point that I'm in right now, it's everything's, uh, the universe is against you and you can, Survive against that, then there's yeah, there'll be good stuff on the on the other side. Yep. Uh, gold on the other side of the the rainbow, right? Yep. Okay. So then what? So then was that stumble upon on the management team for a little bit? Stopped, like well, left actually, um, and took some time off and started thinking about like my real passion and in life, you know, soul searching which I think is super important. Like we should all be, we should all have a map of like where we want to go and, and what type of products we want to build and 
I actually just saw, um, just like an hour ago, I saw someone post in 1953, the whole map, Walt Disney like wrote basically on a napkin, his like, his map of like where he wanted to take Walt Disney Corp. And it basically like encapsulated everything from film to music, et cetera. And it's like obviously played out. Yeah. And I think we all need to do a similar thing, which is like, what are the things we want to map out and what's really important to us? And one of the things that was really important to me is um, I realized that like one of the reasons I loved the internet in the early days was connecting with like-minded people. So growing up in Montreal, I felt that obviously there was certain people I could connect with, but like I felt disconnected from this like world, right? Like I said in the beginning, 40 minutes away from the border. Um, I didn't find that there was a big degree of hustle in where I was, you know, very like high quality of life, joie de vivre kind of place, which is amazing. But like when you're trying to like build something, not like ideal. So I, I realized that group chat is the new social network and that there was an easy way to find community on the internet. And there was millions of people every day going on places like Slack and Discord, trying to find their people and not being able to find them. And I said, like, I want to, I want to help. I want to empower those people. And we started Islands with that premise and we focus on college. So basically what Islands is what I'm doing now with a lot of the same team members from my last company. Uh, so been working together since 2012, uh, is, is basically, um, the, you know, the most beautiful way to find the people and the places and communities you care about at your school. And we're starting with school, but we're, you know, we're going to go way beyond that. Yeah. That, that's what we're creating building. private social groups. Yeah. And that's where, you know, at the end of the day, like people don't want to broadcast everything anymore. That's, that's, you're right. They want these like intimate spaces. I'm in, I'm, we share that belief. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I think the most fun part of the internet right now is these intimate spaces. I mean, look at next door. Mm-hmm. Killing it. Killing it. Killing it. Yeah. Private social groups. Yeah. And like iMessage, like I'm in some iMessage groups. I'm in some Twitter group DMs, you know? If you do a Twitter search for RTGC, retweet to group chat, you'll see so many people just tweeting like, hey, I created a Fortnite group, like retweet to join or like to join. Like, Oh, I didn't really. Interesting. Community is like a fundamental human need. And the yep. fact that it's, I mean, even Facebook groups has a, a billion monthly active users. You know, it's like huge. You're right. Community is something that everyone needs. And because smartphones we, we're getting less of it so we're probably like hu- even hungrier for it right now than, than ever yeah it's like society is broken down i just read i just read this book tribe by and, seth godin yeah uh, no, it's, not, it's not by him i don't know my, my brother gave it to me because i was into sapiens and he's like oh, this, oh yeah. read, read this book it's like all about how humans are happiest at like during like times of war and like when you, we have to come together mm. and like bond and like that's when depression rates go way way down and suicide rates go way way down and like just coming together and like our society right now is not able to come together. In fact, it's probably like more divided than ever. Mm-hmm. So you provide an outlet for people to come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, our, our, our mission is to connect the disconnected and our slogan is come together. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I love it. And the college market thing, how did that, how did that come about? I mean, if you think about it, 
college is the single greatest time for self-discovery. So if you're trying to find your community, college is a great place to do that. Yep. So we figured we'd start there. Also, we have a lot of history in understanding that market. So we built a bunch of stuff for that. And uh, like StumbleUpon, for example, was very, was very popular in college. Um, and I'm happy we did because uh, it's working. <laughs> it's working? Yeah. How's it going? It's going well. We, my barometer for how, you know, how things are going is like, are people falling in love in the platform? Are people meeting up in real life in the platform? It's a very important metric for me because I, I want to get people off their phone into meeting. You know, our communities forming. Um, are people looking at other people's profiles and, and, and gaining insight? And so all that stuff is happening. And, uh, you know, thousands of messages every day. And it's pretty crazy. It's very crazy. <laughs> yeah. and, and it is a beautiful app. It's really, it's really cool to look at. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we put a lot of uh, tender, tender love and care into it. We always, our, our thesis on building product is there's a lot of people who build like the Walmart of products and it's like very sterile and stuff like that. So we try to like insert delight into all our products. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you got to be at one of the schools that you're on and able to use the code to get into the app, right? Yeah. So we're live on 20 schools. Uh, but we'll be live uh, in a lot more soon. So Okay, great. So yeah. the, a lot of college students listening to this right now. Um, amazing. Yeah. That was fun to hear. Let's, uh, let's end with some life hacks. I saw you're life a life hacks? hack guy. Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm a big believer in life hacks. I've been writing about life hacks for like <laughs> a decade now. Yeah. So I'm not a bandwagon life hack guy. But here's what I'll say is that... To me, a life hack is just something, a piece of information that could help you, that could help further yourself and help you get ahead or become a better person. And if you find those things, why not share it with the world? Mm -hmm. You know, so um, that's why I've written a lot about life hacks. Yeah. So I'm happy to share, you know. Wear a sport coat on a plane. Yeah, wear a sport coat on the plane. Get upgraded to first class. Yeah, I mean, little things. I mean, even like, I I think I got, uh, some people got mad at me for saying this, but now I'm going to sound like an alcoholic because you guys are, I'm, list, I'm, <laughs> I'm drinking Chardonnay now. But one of the things I, I think a life hack I even posted was like, sometimes it's important to have a glass of champagne. Why is it important to have a glass of champagne? Um, and sometimes I actually do this with Ryan Hoover from, from Product Hunt. Uh, he, he agrees with this sort of where we go with this. So why is it important to have a glass of champagne? Champagne is a celebratory drink. And sometimes it's important to just stop, despite all this crazy stuff that's going on, and stop and think about all the amazing things that you've done and all the good things, even though it feels like the world is crashing and... You know, maybe you're running out of money or maybe your parents are telling you not to do something or all these things ha like the equivalent, you know, it doesn't have to be a glass of champagne. It could be a glass of sparkling water. The, the, the reasoning behind champagne is that it's, it's a, celebra a celebratory drink. So like celebrate sometimes because it's important to remember all the good things and be grateful for all the good things. Yeah. Being, being thankful. Yeah. That's a. That's a, that's one of, that was one of the, my hacks. I used to think about these three things I was thankful for every single day. And my wife and I would tell them, I don't know why we stopped 
probably because we had a kid, you know, you just, all those little <laughs> nice things like that stop when babies screaming and crying. Um, but I love it. Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. Greg, this is, this is fun speaking with you. Thanks for, yeah. uh, thanks for doing it. It was great to, I mean, this is basically the first time we're talking. Yeah, we didn't even, you didn't even want to talk to set up the podcast. You wanted to do it over email. So yeah. this is the first time we're talking, but I feel like we have a pretty good rapport. No, we do have a good rapport. I mean, I want it to be fresh on the podcast. Good. I love yeah. it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening today. Let me know what you think. Leave us a review on iTunes and please tell your friends. Thanks. Thanks.